When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's Spring Collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O- com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. It's like an all-star version of The Love Boat, except with sociopaths, murderers, and serial killers. We saw Con Air, so you know what that means. What's a nigga grow a baby in his belly? Rock a rhinestone vest while ripping Justin to Kelly. Or maybe see a burlesque show with Nick Crow. And take a boat with speed to hitting cruise control. J-Man, Big Paul, and the beautiful Jewel. Gonna take you from the goob all the way to the room. Ran the games of Street Fighter, helped to blow off steam. Just a sucker punch the odd life of Timothy Green. Sharknado, the birdemic, how we staying alive. They call it in the badass, and he's on the line. Cranking 88 minutes, cause they cool as ice. Cause a bad Jim Barney Looking kind of nice. Paul and June getting literal. Jason is getting laid. June is making sure all the monkey shots getting paid. They judge a bunch of movies while they're making the grade. Here's a real question for you. How did this get made? Hello, people of Earth! And hello, people of Largo! We are coming to you live from Los Angeles at the Largo. Uh, Largo is an amazing theater. If you're ever out here in L.A., come to this theater. They have amazing shows. I don't care when you're listening to this. Cool shit happens here. Check out their calendar. They're awesome. So we want to thank them for always giving us such a nice place to do the show. And thank you guys all for coming out. Thank you guys. Um, Yeah, thanks. I pimped you into an unnecessary applause. Please welcome my co-host to the show, Jason Manzoukas. Now, as I told this crowd before, it wouldn't be a live show if we didn't not have the full team here. Uh, We do not have June in person today, but I would like to welcome June via Skype. (laughs) 
wish I could be there. It's making me crazy. I'm so sorry I'm not there. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, June. Welcome. And obviously, I know, Paul, you've said this, but if this doesn't work, like, really feel free to just, like, cut the cord with me. You know, just let me go. June, just let I me have, go. I have great news, June. It is working. <laughs> you can see a little bit of Jason. Oh, that's good. That I can see Jason now. We have a very uh, special guest tonight. Uh, you know him as an author, as a, a, a super talented writer, Seth Graham Smith. Welcome, Seth Graham Smith. Oh my gosh, here we go. This is one of the most visual podcasts we've ever done. Yeah, well, one of, yeah, uh, one of. One so of our much members of this is predicated on June. You are you. Do you know June that you're on the big screen, right? I'm not. I'm not totally comfortable with it. This feels insane to not oh, be able to see the audience. It is it feels amazing. Insane. Con Air. <laughs> All right. So let me just start off. And I thought about Con Air when we were watching it. Um, Remembering back to a How Did This Get Made episode where we had Danny Trejo on the show. Yes. And give it up for Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. <laughs> and I asked Danny, I said, You've worked with all these people. You are like a Hollywood badass. Like when movies, people don't want to mess with you, they don't want to fuck with you. Like in Con Air, you were surrounded by a who's who of what I guess people generally think of the craziest actors in Hollywood, right? You are on this insane, like, Love Boat-esque prison ship with them. Who is the craziest guy? And he answered us after a moment of thinking and said, John Cusack. Yes. He, he said, said he was he, most afraid of John Cusack. Yeah. Which Danny is Trejo has to been to prison. He said that John Cusack just has something behind the eyes. Yeah. That scared him. This is true. Uh, so I just want to put that in perspective. But Con Air, I had to go out and say, this is a movie that when I first saw it, I did not like it. Oh. I, yeah. Paul, I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> Here's the deal. And I thought it before we did the movie, uh, before I watched the movie, because having seen it before, and I then was reminded, this movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> I this is an awesome movie that should be, yeah. we, should, we should call this whole night, thank God this got made. Because both of these movies are fucking dope. I think in watching it again, yes, and, and, uh, and watching again, I feel like I enjoyed my experience of it more. But, when I, but it's also like drinking like Jaeger. Like, it's like, in the moment, it's like, yeah, Jaeger shots. Then the next day, it's like, why did I do that? What? Was it really that good? Oh, see, I, I don't know. Man, I am what... I have legit almost no notes. <laughs> because for me, the movie made sense. <laughs> well, it added up. There was nothing that I was like, oh, I got to make a note of that because that's crazy. Nope. I'm like, nothing. yes, on board. <laughs> on board. Nick Cage's accent on board. <laughs> on board. Let's, 
Let's see. Let's see what our our, our guest Seth. Uh, what was your you coming into this movie? Where were you? Well, I hadn't seen it since uh, what was it, 1997. So yeah. I hadn't seen it since the theater. I don't remember liking it or or not. But I watched it a few times in the last few days, and uh, I do have some notes. <laughs> you, have, you have pages of notes. I have pages. For the I have, listeners yeah. at home, you have pages of notes. I have pages and pages of single space notes. I have um, a lot of notes, too. Yeah. Didn't Be- take them. Just loving this movie. Because I would argue that the one thing the movie doesn't do is make sense. Correct. I think it is enjoyable yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. But it does not make sense. I, it adds up. <laughs> this movie... Top to bottom, T to B, guys, this movie adds up. What I love most about the movie is it's... I think I love most its subtlety. (laughs) The fact that, you know, the characters are real, complex, three-dimensional, living, breathing human beings with hopes and dreams and nuance and uh, certainly not stereotypical. It may be... It may be the most racist movie since... since Birth of a Nation. I'm just putting that out there. I am glad that you brought that yeah. up because that is a theme <laughs> in our on our second opinions. June, June did you have something you, you wanted to say? Well, okay. I I just want to talk about where I was coming from just as a viewer. I, I For a long time, I thought this movie was a different movie and I was going around telling everybody I loved this movie thinking it was... What did I think it was, Paul? I don't remember what you thought it was. <laughs> I thought this movie was another airplane movie. The movie Airplane? Not the movie Airplane. Soul Plane. Snake on a plane. Not Soul Plane. Flight Plan. That's a serious. Not Flight Plan. No, okay. Well, we had a whole discussion about it. Was it President on a Plane? Oh, oh Air, Air Force, Force One. One. Air Force One. Hey. But here's what I'm realizing. You thought Con Air, the movie about One. convicts on a plane, was Air Force One the movie about Harrison Ford as the president? Yes. Welcome back, June. But you know what I realized, though? I oh, wait, where'd she go? She's there. She's there. Oh, she's there. No, she's there. She's oh, there. we got her. We got her. We it's got only her. an audio. It's only, yeah, it's audio. You'll see okay. her. You'll I see realized her. something about myself, which is that I do love a plain movie. I like a movie that takes place in the sky because the stakes are so much higher and you're dealing with the stakes of what's happening you understand what's, what's happening because the they're plane, on a plane also the stakes I'm sorry because the stakes are so much higher because they're on a plane that's right yeah June may I just check in with you and see what do you think about a boat movie I'm not interested in it oh. But, but for you, some sort of, um, some sort of thriller that is set upon a, 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 on a plane really ratchets it up for you. Love it. <laughs> All right, so now and that we've which, got... Last, can I say one more thing about movies on planes? Yes. I, we would love nothing more. Okay. Because I think one would feel, one could feel like it would get claustrophobic to be on the plane the entire time for the entirety of the movie, and I never feel that way. I never feel that way. All right, can we start? <laughs> Agree. The, the plane is, I, I think we, let's go through the movie a little bit. Yes. And let's talk about some logic, because 
You said the movie I, starts. I see and where it's, you're going. The movie I think it's a mistake. No. <laughs> you said the movie starts and it's great. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it, well, it starts with kind of like a History Channel. Yep. The Army Rangers. Yeah. You know. That, you know. Uh, and all of a sudden we meet. Cameron Poe. Cameron Poe, who, if for you Bachelor fans, I would hope is a brother of Sanderson Poe. <laughs> Sorry, the four people. Wow, not... Why are you guys watching The Bachelor? Oh, Back, backstage, Poe was like, I've got a Bachelor joke that's gonna crush. Sanderson Poe, come guys, on. Guys, this give me Sanderson Poe Get out joke. of the way when I do my Bachelor joke. Guys, get because out. Because it's gonna destroy how dare People you? People will riot, you said. <laughs> so, uh, yes. so, okay, so Cameron Poe gets uh, honorably discharged from the Army Rangers. Yes. And uh, so he goes home to see his baby girl. Can mm-hmm. I ask a question, though, yes. just before we get in, Seth? Sure. How old, does he seem too old to be? Way here? too old. Because it, like, yeah. it was like, here's Nick Cage. And I was like, oh, no, you're too old. <laughs> yeah. You're too old to yeah, be yeah. doing this. You, are, you, you don't look like you belong in the Arrangers at all right no. now. Maybe that's why he was discharged. He was like, yeah, you're, you're pushing 35. He right? aged he just out. realized you're prohibitively old uh, it was a pre-9-11 army, so different, different stand. Okay, sorry. You say, no, sorry. You say 9-11, Jesus. you say 9-11 as if it happened. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Those buildings are still Woo. there. Guys, stop worrying about yeah. what happened in this country. Start watching The Bachelor. <laughs> so Cameron comes home to see his, his, uh, his super hot... Uh, waitress wife who's been you know and it's in Mobile, Alabama yes and something interesting he steps off of a tiny little dinghy fishing boat yes. onto a dock and walks up to the bar where she works now does the army send all of its rangers home <laughs> via tugboat <laughs> was odd because it didn't seem like he was that that place was on an island yep right was, you could have probably just flown you could have you yeah. could have flown or driven or yeah you, know. you could have come the other way but what here's but here's here's what gets the whole thing started this is what sends Nicolas cage to jail yes and gets the whole thing started within the first three minutes of the movie and i grant you that jason it it wastes no time no, it wastes no. no time so he goes and this guy a, a, a army ranger in uniform Walks into a bar yes. in the deep south, mm-hmm. and his beautiful girl is there, the waitress there, and what's the first thing that happens? Two rednecks go, fuck you, army guy. Yeah. They hate like, him. Out of nowhere, they hate an army they guy. They hate him wow. for his service. Yeah, exactly right. That's what but I'm by saying. By the way, he's also southern. Like, they yeah. would, they, they're, they're, you know how you know? Flawless accent. Flawless. 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 I will, I will say that in the research of this movie, I will tell you that Nicolas Cage uh, traveled specifically to Alabama to perfect his accent. This well is- done, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Time well spent. Mission accomplished. Well, I, I want to even take, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, I want to take one yeah. step back and go, when he goes to see his smoking hot waitress wife. Monica Potter. Monica Potter. Monica Potter. Who was going to be here tonight. Sadly, uh, oh. Easter plans kicked in. She was going to be our very special guest. So a real bummer there. She was very excited. Um, Joining us is Nicholas Cage. Um, also via Skype. Um, that would be amazing. So, but to me, the thing that kind of already started this off, he has been away for a while. He comes home, kisses his wife's 
belly. Her belly is flatter yeah. than yeah. anything. Yeah. She's, she's one hour into her pregnancy. Yes. And who got her pregnant? Who got her pregnant? Yeah, because he just is like, hey, honey, like, when did that happen? Well, I mean, I'm sure he had some, some leave at some point. Guys, you're not going to find holes in this movie. Yeah. Try as you might. But it no, but all she adds but, up. but Monica Potter literally has a six pack. Yes. And it yes. is, she is built. And he leans down, and he kisses it, and goes something like, Oh, baby girl, how's our baby girl? Yeah. Like, you know? And <laughs> he knew everything. And it's, you already know it's a girl, right? And so so apparently with one hour into the pregnancy. And like like at least put her in a pregnancy suit. It's only right. one scene. No way. Guys, this is a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. There's nobody in a pregnancy suit, okay? These girls are, even if they are seven months pregnant, they are shredded. True. (laughs) That's a good point. But these, so these... She is nine months pregnant in that scene. So these two redneck guys at the bar, or two or three redneck guys at the bar... There's three. There's three. three. They see a special forces guy. Now, they've seen this waitress, Monica Potter, every night at this bar. They know her name. They know her name. They've left her alone. Right, but tonight they wait for her special forces, <laughs> proudly serving this country hero, to come back, and then they want to kill him. They hate him, and they even go so far as to be like, "It's guys like you that are the reason we lost Vietnam." Right. I was like, "These guys are these like? Where are these guys coming at from? Like, what because is their? That means that they are. are that means that they are. That they they think of him as being a weak." Military guy? Something, right. Because yeah. they, they, by saying they lost Vietnam, they're like, we want strong military, but yep. you're a pussy. But you're a pussy. Right. Yeah. I, bet you you're... Didn't, I bet you never flamethrower to village full yeah. of children. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'll teach you to come home from war, you asshole. Without, any, without a necklace of ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, all right, well, yeah. So they, uh, go ahead. So, so he fucks him up, Nicolas Cage. Like, he yes. walks his pregnant, allegedly, wife out to the car. <laughs> And these three guys come at him to kill him. In the rain, In right? the rain. In the, in the Mobile, Alabama, Alabama yeah. rain. And he kills one of them in self-defense. Well, it's that thing, and it's that thing that I love, and the, 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 the police know. The judge says it at his trial. Oh, I have oh, that yeah. clip. Okay, oh, yeah. great. Yeah. But it, I love, and I love that, like, I feel like Nicolas Cage, like, all they said was, you're a guy who's always so uh, up for justice but you're a deadly weapon. I don't know if I have the exact quote, but it's something like, but it's, it's something like, you, you're, you are not subject to the regular laws of the land because yes. your body is a lethal weapon, yes. a Treya killing machine. Yes. Right. Because he is a, Now, that is not something that is true. That's not true. Being, being as it may be that these men wanted to rape and murder your pregnant wife... You, as a special forces guy, are just too dangerous. You have to withhold. You got to go to jail yeah, for seven years. Yeah, you got to go to jail for seven years. Uh, another thing, too, we don't see it in this clip, but... Seven right... years. Seven years. Seven years. Seven, Did you yeah. think that was too long, yeah. June? Did you think it was too That's long? That's way too long. Yeah, it's way too long. It's way, it's too, way long. too long. So immediately before... <laughs> If you're not seeing it, June really is, is taking in the seven years, almost more than Nicolas Cage does. Well, can I say one? Can I say? Because can I say one thing? I also I know I've expressed a couple fears I have. I the, it gets me so upset when people are incarcerated for too long, or they're they go to jail and they shouldn't, and 
yeah, seven years is upsetting. It's upsetting. And that's just for a fictional character. Right. That's right. I mean, imagine, June, like, people in real life. I mean, no, Cameron, I, believe me, I've Cameron, watched Cameron Poe is a, is a fictional character. <laughs> well, you still do that uh, podcast about maximum uh, minimums, right? That is, <laughs> just, that is just about unjust Friday. prison sentences for small <laughs> amounts of drugs. Today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough. But Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival, and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie-cutter places, and I went on Airbnb, and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious. Even in a sea of milk, the crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you, and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. One of my theories about this movie, immediately preceding this courtroom scene, in which we yeah. learn that he's a deadly weapon and therefore subject to a whole different legal system. Yes. Uh, not, and you would think that it would go the other way, saying, hey, you're an army ranger, we right. know that you wouldn't use force unless right. it was a situation in which it called for it. But, but I want, if next time people watch this movie, just the, the scene before this is Nicolas Cage sitting in the hallway of the court building with his lawyer. Yes. And his lawyer is like this sweaty, nervous yes. wreck yeah. who's not, his like, shirt is disheveled and his hair is all fucked up yeah. and like... I like, think this is really lawyer. right. 
You know you're fucked when your lawyer cannot afford a coat. Oh, and by the way, when your lawyer, when, when you in self-defense killed someone who was stepping up to uh, uh, you and your pregnant wife, in self-defense killed someone, and he's like, you should take the plea. Take bargain. the plea. He says, hey. You should, like, I can't handle this. It's basically what his lawyer does, which is amazing. Yeah. And I love it. There, there is something about, um, there's something fantastic about a movie like this that is so um, testosterone driven and so much about like machismo and all this stuff that the lawyer is like, I can't do it. Right. But it's like it's like the it's like the lawyer from the wire, like you know, it's like that, like uh, uh, yes. uh, yeah, but Maurice the, Levy. Yeah, <laughs> but right? I feel like wouldn't this movie uh, just to to go out for a second and say, but wouldn't this movie be a way more interesting if he was a bad guy who then is like turned good and then he was tempted by the bad guys again and then like makes the right choice? Like that would at least give well i do hear what you're saying paul because there was a part of me halfway through the movie that thought i don't think he wants to go home <laughs> you don't I think don't. he wants june june can you I hear don't. me it's jason june can you hear me what'd you say jason at what point specifically did you think he doesn't want to go home because he i think well, even i would argue that the whole movie is him saying i want to go home i disagree Continue. I think that when even when even when he says, you know, I refuse to bring my daughter to the jail to see me, I would never want to see her. I, I would never want to have her see me in jail. It just doesn't see. It's he's such a martyr that at at a certain point you have to ask yourself, does he want a relationship with these people? Well, there's <laughs> June. It's a good I point. Think- I think he 100% does. Yeah. Like, he somehow managed, I don't know how, in prison to purchase a stuffed animal. Very, in, in, the, in the, the plastic bag, as if they sell cigarettes, toys. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's not, there's not a convenience store in the local I prison. I assume, there, even if there is a convenience store or some sort of place where you can buy stuff, at the at prison, I, I'm finding it hard to believe that a well, plastic wrapped stuffed animal is amongst the choices. Go June. But can I say one thing? Okay, this goes to what you were saying about the movie sort of glorifying um, masculinity, and it's so testosterone driven that I actually think you know when he does not get off that plane and he stays on it for his fellow man and to be a man it it's in place of actually being a father to a child who needs him so he does make the decision time and again to be this valiant hero but as June, opposed to a father and a husband to the people who really need him at home june if i can interrupt you <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. I'm a little fucked up right now because it's almost like you're saying this movie isn't sending the right messages. Well, by the way, if we're going to talk about masculinity and how the movie treats masculinity, right. the gay character, the gay con... Well, that's a whole, the whole We have a whole topic. <laughs> I couldn't very that, respectfully but is essentially done. his crime was being too gay. A very respectful portrait of homosexuality. <laughs> To the point of this movie, just we were talking about this briefly backstage. Um, apparently, this movie was rewritten every day on set. 
And I feel like every actor is like, yeah, and I'll be this, and I'll be that. Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson used to make cocaine-fueled movies. Yes. And Don Simpson was like, no, I'm out on this one. He checked out. Yeah. He was like, and, no. And well, he died. As such, right, but and as such, Bruckheimer had died twice before this was done. Really? Oh, yes. Yeah? He, did, he did die, but this is, he so actively said, So a man who no. died on the toilet after doing untold numbers of amphetamines and, and who yes. literally wore a leather race suit to the shoot of uh, Days of Thunder <laughs> and had himself photographed with Tom Cruise, this movie was too much for that guy. <laughs> Not in. Would, Not would, in. He was out of that movie. I would argue that I'm, I'm assuming that Bruckheimer just then had twice as much coke. <laughs> and as a result, made this movie. This, because this movie is in the best way absolutely bonkers. Like, I know that I overuse that, but this is it. And this is it on like 10. Like, you know what I? You know why I think it is, Jason. I know I said it was about you know. There's there's something exciting about seeing action in the air, but I think it's also the added element of. You love planes, June. You love. I planes. love a plane movie. I, lo- I do love a plane movie. Surprisingly, though, this, tell the audience how you feel about planes in real life. Hate them. <laughs> But that, I think that's why. I think we're all scared of planes. I mean, it's crazy that they fly us around and we're just all up there together for that period of time, like, not tethered to the ground. I mean, it's insane. So you're talking now. But then also, combined with that, there's also, I think, the movie taps into a real fear of prisons and prison culture and what it is to be, like, locked up. And the fact that the movie combines those two things together, it's just, it's just incredible. We haven't even June. gotten to the plane taking off yet. June. By the way, I do want to ask a, gen- a genuine question I do not know the answer to. Are there really prison planes like this? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. now, now yes. we're getting somewhere. Yes. <laughs> although, although... The, the ones in real life go more than 200 feet in the air and more than 100 miles an hour, which... I was going to say, this movie, if I don't have a map, but the sense that I got is this movie really just circles about 50 miles. Right, like, yeah. Like, they're never too far away. Everyone can drive to it. Oh, yeah. And then they, at the end of the movie, choose to... Like, Las Vegas... Oh, my God. Like, they choose to crash into a hotel instead of go to the airport, which is... They run out of different. fuel. Yeah. They goddamn you. It's not even a God mile different. You. Do not do this, man. Do not yeah. misrepresent this no, 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 right here. MC Ganey is doing his best to land this plane. One of his engines is out. He's no, out no. of fuel. He's got to land it, it on Las the Vegas, The Las Vegas International Airport is literally 1.1 mile away from the Hard Rock Casino. <laughs> Paul, I don't think you're using literally correctly. 1.1 mile. We can't land there. We got to take it down on the strip. On the strip. Arguably the busiest road in yes. America. It's not going to end well. <laughs> it's There's not gonna, desert yeah. on either side. Right, right. They've I, already landed in desert. No, I that's w- the only place. That's I it. would like to ask a question. Conservatively, how many people do you think died in the landing of that plane? Worse than Fast Five when they had that safe tied to the back of that car. 
what I could only describe as a hilarious level of civilian death right. must have happened. <laughs> this is like Man of Steel level right. uh, civilian deaths. This is the 9-11 of Las Vegas. Yes. Yes. Where the New York, New York casino is hit hard. Hang on. Stay with me, guys. The government did it. <laughs> um, there's so many... I just want to, like, again, I just... Like, if you look at this movie, you could argue that nothing... Ha- like, nothing... No character's arc in this movie at all. Right. There, there was no change from the beginning to the end. Nick Cage was like, I want to go home. He got home. Yep. There was no, like, there was no, like, he just was always a good guy. Right. The, the bad guys, there's no changes with them. Well, they're just dead. At the there's end. a yeah. huge yeah. change for, yeah. and there is a change for John Cusack. Which is? Well, I mean, I feel like he becomes an action star by the end of the movie. <laughs> That's not, oh, wait. he does. You mean John Cusack it has changed, not his character. Not, not Vince Larkin, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The only That's person, exactly right. the only person who I think does change a little bit in in an insignificant way is what Cole Meany. Yeah, oh, is yeah. He goes from being a prick to being like, I guess you're okay. Again, in true Bruckheimer fashion, Cole Meany from Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Next Generation comes in and is just an asshole from moment one, yep, right. and he hates John Cusack, who's a U.S. Marshal, who we've only. Only I know of U.S. Marshals as, like, badasses. They're not like... I'm sorry, not if you're in the DEA, bro. If you're in the DEA, the U.S. Marshals are basically pussies. I saw the movie, yes. The first shot of John Cusack in this movie is of his feet, and he is wearing sandals with socks. Oh, I did not put that together. Okay. Is that true? That is true. And there is, a, there is a, another shot in Las Vegas, so he arguably doesn't learn anything either right. in the movie because at the end of the movie, he's still wearing sandals with socks. But and he rode the motorcycle with sandals He rode socks? the motorcycle, and by the way, apparently he what? flies an attack chopper. He knows how to do that. Yeah. But <laughs> and he was able action. to drive wherever he got in that car, drove to the airfield in record time. In record time. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but no, but Cole Meany thinks from moment one that he's a yep. liberal pussy. At one point, he says like, where is uh, Larkin? Oh, he's probably saving the fucking rainforest. Yeah. Larkin, who is like, I'm going to where they're at. The, the bad guys are actually going. I have the information. I'm going there. No, and, I'm going to chase the goddamn Taurus plane with the transponder. And then Cole Meany gets distracted, and then they're trying to call him, and he's like, yeah, makes that like, he's probably trying to save the rainforest. No, no, he told you where he's going. <laughs> You're a terrible listener. What we understand of Larkin, or at least my knowledge of Larkin is, this guy's like... Larkin is John Cusack. Yes. Character. He's like, I'm taking the world's dangerous prisoners and putting them in a supermax jail. He's not like, I'm putting them out on parole. Like, he's just like, yeah, let he, he's for incarceration. He's up. But I will say, if he... If John Cusack didn't see them as human beings on any level, he would never have known to, you know to really investigate Nicolas Cage's character and find and, and and assume that he would have a chance with him. Like there there was he did believe on some level that prisoners can be rehabilitated no, he did and that too. they can really? do the right thing. He did. No, I don't think so. I think he th- I think John Cusack only cared about his plane. John Cusack's thing was that plane was his idea. <laughs> June, 
Does that make sense? I disagree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that John Cusack cares about this plane, and he's like, don't shoot it down, that's my plane. He only thinks of um, Nicolas Cage when he realizes, hey, I think we have an ally on this plane. I think it's this guy. I think he knows he's got a plane He's only a means to an end. Maniacs, yeah. you know? Yeah, because in the beginning then, he says Cameron Poe is a if nobody. He felt, yeah. I'm sorry, if he felt, though, that he had a plane full of maniacs, he would have no problem with that um, DEA agent having a gun. Well, but no, he had I think he was being smart. He was like, this is a plane full of insanos. Yeah, no, he not like, put a gun in the mix. No, that was then the same thing as he was like, and what he said was, it's the same rules as prison. Nobody has guns. Yeah. You know, like, prison guards don't have guns either. And by the way, the only reason that Colmini puts that DE agent on the plane, and he says it in the movie, is because it's their last chance to get a confession from Sindino, the drug lord, before he gets into FBI custody. And Colmini says, and I'll be damned if those FBI bastards are going to get the credit. <laughs> so he's putting this guy's life in danger and putting a gun on a plane full of insanos yeah. so that he can get the confession before the fucking FBI bastards get it. So basically the DEA is just pissed off at everybody. Everybody. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. You know how after 9-11 they were like, wow, this is really the 9-11 podcast. They were like, oh, none of our intelligence agencies talk to each other. They could have looked at this movie and known that. This movie is an illustration of how little our, our intelligence services are willing to work with each other. It is a scathing indictment. <laughs> it was our, ahead of its time. Oh, God. Well, I also it. want to bring up a and point. And it took Snowden? <laughs> we had Con Air, guys. And it took Snowden? The... The... <laughs> This movie, oh, all right. There, all right. We got, we're not even in the air. <laughs> I guess we are. We're kind. Of, we're getting in the air. The other thing was there is a. They are not putting a weapons on the plane, but oddly, the entire belly of the plane is full of weapons, Correct. like chock yeah. full. Yeah. Um, and at no point does like when they when the prisoners take over the plane, do they go? Let's go get that. Like well, that boatload of weapons. At the very later. end, when they're at Lerner Airfield. At the Airfield, very end, they do. Yeah. They break into the front of the plane, and they get all those shotguns, and then uh, Cyrus the Virus makes his little Coke can map. Remember, yes. he's like General MacArthur in the they Philippines. They do so like, much in those 12, 10 to 12 minutes. It is which, by the way, 10 to 12 minutes, Ving Rhames gets up to the top, and he looks out into the desert, and he sees the dust plume of the cars the, uh, the approaching, yeah. and he goes, they're 10 to 12 minutes away. <laughs> And, and like they he just fucking dig, eyeballs it. They dig the <laughs> plane. Ten to twelve minutes. They away. dig the plane out. Yep. They tie to ropes minutes. around the plane. They pull the plane out. They find a tractor. They attach it to the plane. They they have time to build propane tank bombs. Everybody gets in. They do conservatively three days worth of correct work in those ten and, to twelve minutes. And to my point, Cyrus makes a two scale map of the entire yes. airfield. Yes. And by the way, the plan was not that intense. You didn't need to make nope. that much of it. Like, he didn't need the map. He could have just been back. like, he could have just pointed at the thing and been like, right here is where we're going to do it. We, we didn't, he didn't <laughs> need then, to assemble any of that. It wasn't like the Back to the Future model where Doc had to show Marty like how right. it all would have to work. And, and then the cops drive in at like four miles an hour <laughs> in single file and there's this huge, vast desert and yep. they drive through the only bottleneck in yes. the entire, like, for miles. Why? 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 Why would you do it? Why? You have to know it's a trap. 
Come on. Still so good, though. I'm still... You would think... You would think that frustration would make it... That, that frustration would make it uh, not fun to watch. In fact, the opposite is true. This is some sort of... This movie is some sort of perfect elixir. Where <laughs> everything is, just is perfect. Wouldn't the plane... Like, pulling the plane out of the dirt, I don't think the plane's gonna just take off again, either. Like, that just didn't seem like... That plane was grounded... Yeah. No, you're wrong. I'm, I'm an aviation expert. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fine. It works. It's great. <laughs> if you're like me, you can't get enough John Mulaney, and that's good. Because during the Netflix is a Joke Festival, John Mulaney is presenting a brand new show called Everybody's in L.A. It's six live episodes created and starring John that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. This is going to be an unconventional show with very big special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. When you travel, do concerns back home nag at you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? Well, if they do, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. That's right. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever you go, Simply Safe wants to be there with you by actually not going there at all, but staying at your house. Listen, Newsweek ranked it the best customer service in home security. Plus, it gives you whole home protection sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. Plus, a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, no contracts, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm going to tell you this. It's worth it for the peace of mind to know that when I'm on tour, when I'm out there in the UK, I can check in on my house. And with the time difference between LA and Europe, I loved having the 24-7 professional monitoring service in case something happened when I was asleep or, or not reachable. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash bonkers. That's simplysafe.com slash bonkers. There's no safe like Simply safe. And meanwhile, Steve Buscemi. Oh he, my God. Well, the, like, <laughs> I mean, this movie. Garland like, Green, <laughs> the Marietta Mangler. Yes. With, with, Nick, with Nick Cage's accent, by the way, when, he gets, when Garland Green gets on the plane, and uh, with that accent, he goes, uh, the Marietta Mangler, uh, when he sees him. So Garland Green goes over to a trailer park. Uh, somewhere in the desert, and well, yeah, the trailer park that's attached to an abandoned airfield. Like the, again, right. the geography in this movie is like, wait, what? It looks like there's hey, nothing hey, there. Guys, and then the, yeah. some people in America, you know what? They're down on their luck. <laughs> They're having a hard time. They live near an abandoned airplane graveyard <laughs> slash small plane strip. They let their kids <laughs> hang out in empty pools. <laughs> 
And so if a plane crashes next door, nobody notices. No one leaves their trailer when a the arguably the biggest thing that's ever happened. And I she, will just say this, yeah. and I will say it again: five stars. But okay, so here's a serious question because honestly, the film never resolves this issue, right? Which I find disturbing too. I but, bet it does. Uh, well, <laughs> so this little girl is playing. Uh, and she's out there in the, in the abandoned pool, and she is filthy, and her playground is filthy. And I her... wrote that she looks like a, somebody out of the Depression. Yeah. Right. Like, like, literally, like, like she is out of, like, the, the, the dust bowls. Yep. Straight up, yes. Straight up Dickensian orphan. Because here's yeah. what's weird. Sorry to interrupt, but, but in terms of her look, she does look like she was put together at one point. Like, she looks like she got dressed up 50 years ago. Right. <laughs> It's do very you, strange. Do you think she's a ghost? I don't know. I, I, I found this uh, interaction to be very compelling. Oh, it's compelling. It's absolutely compelling. And, and by the way... There's... This was a more believable love story than Nicolas Cage and Monica Potter. But wait, but here's here's the thing. I don't know what he's really even guilty of. Like he's wearing the Hannibal Lecter getup. He, he murdered. He, he massacred thirty people. They say. Right, but it seems like, and, he, and he, as he tells us, he wore one person's head as a hat. Yes, for three states. For three states. Yes. Three states. That seems. Do you know how hard that would be? Do you know how hard it would be to wear someone's head as a hat? <laughs> Even the balancing of it, it would, would be, be a difficult proposition. It would be heavy. You would need something as a chin strap, I think. Maybe a tongue. And but... where would you... T- or maybe their hair? Yeah. If it was a woman who had long hair, you could use her hair to tie it under your chin, maybe. <laughs> if you had the appropriate amount of scrunchies, If it's a guy's head, good luck. What? You're like... Jauntily putting it on top of your head, unless like, he killed like, like unless derby? he killed like a night like an uh, like an '80s metal band or something. Like if he killed a yep. member of Poison, I'm, I'm that hair would work too. Oh yeah, no, you're probably right. All right, so go ahead. So no, go I'm ahead. just saying. Okay, so he meets so this girl. In he the meets pool. this girl in the pool, the little girl, and they start singing together, right? Yes. And it, oh, the whole world in his hands, and we're obviously meant to think something terrible and ominous happens yes. because we cut back and there's a broken teacup and her doll is there alone and she's nowhere to be seen. And yet, and yet, when the plane finally takes off, they cut to the little girl running out of her trailer yep, yep. waving goodbye, goodbye, goodbye to Bob. the airplane. She says goodbye, Bob. <laughs> That's his name. He, like, he was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell this little girl my real name. I'll just tell her my name is Bob. <laughs> I just want to say the last thing about Garland Green is if there's any doubt about where this film's morals yeah. are and what the message is, Garland Green is the only person in the film who truly gets off scot-free and who's truly way better off at the end of the movie. Well, true, but he's the most dangerous, exactly. you would argue. Exactly. Or he's not because he is the one that we see. He's the only criminal we see not engage in his criminal behavior. He does Maybe okay. he was wrongly he, he, No, he was, I don't think. <laughs> no, he, dude, dude. He to that. I don't know. Dude, he admitted, he admitted, he admitted to wearing a person's head on his own head. Maybe he was he not in there under false pretense. Dude. 
June. <laughs> I don't June. know. I haven't seen. I don't know anything about those cases. June is not, does not know anything about the cases. You can go through the case files, June. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh my god, that is unbelievable. That he was wrongfully accused is like a, like I would love to see that. I also, say, self-defense. He just happened to cut somebody's head off and wear uh, his hat. Yeah. Hey, because I, here's the weird thing. I will say this. this like is Robert Durst. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because he doesn't. Oh, he does not kill that little girl. And if he's that much of a like serial murderer, it would seem that he would need to kill her more than he would need to get back on that plane. Well, I think this is my conjecture: is that he is because um, he says. I mean, he does say something that uh, 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 um, he has that whole riff about those that killed, like Bundy and Gacy killed for the thrill of killing. And thrill of it. Some of, but other people kill only when they are pushed to kill or whatever. And that is like Robert Durst. Uh, you know, like somebody says in that, the same thing. Like when, he, when pushed to a corner, I think Robert Durst is capable of murder. I think he didn't kill that little girl because he, that's not his deal, man. He then why have that scene in the movie? To make you afraid he's gonna. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, he didn't. What a sweetheart. But if he was given, oh, if he was given his deal, whatever that was, like 80s uh, you know, punk rock or you know, rock bands, and he was in a situation, would he have then killed, like if, if it was the person, yeah. it's his deal. I don't know. Maybe. The one thing, the one thing I can say... That person is freaking out. <laughs> we are, have, you a, are you okay? We have so much, I mean, we do have so much to talk oh, about. Can we, man, can we talk I want to talk so much more about this movie! I would roll right through the next show just talking about this movie. We no, barely no, scratched the surface. Guys, shut up, we can't do that. <laughs> Can we, can we talk about, really quick, can we talk about the reason that Cameron Poe does stay on the plane, which is yes. Baby-O? The played by McKel- McKelty Williamson. Yes. Right? Uh, who we know famously as Bubba Gump. Or Bubba, Bubba, Bubba Blue. Yeah, Bubba, I didn't even know yeah, his last Bubba. name. But Bubba, the guy who likes shrimp. Um, the guy who launched a thousand Bubba Gump restaurants. Right. So, uh, so they meet in prison. They're cellmates yes. in prison. And they bond over... Uh, Nick Cage gives him a, a, like a ho-ho or a snow, yes. gl- uh, snowball. 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 Yeah. And then we learn, and he like takes it, and they're like, we're friends now. And, and he and like then, runs the library And part. he runs the library. But then we learn he's diabetic. Oh, wow. Wow. That just blew my mind. He essentially almost killed him. Almost killed him. <laughs> and then maybe that's why he has to stay he on. He has like, to save his life. So that's what I'm saying. I also want to point out the fact And why that was he even on that plane? Because they were both They getting, were moving him. They were moving him. But they're like, I just, to me, that the logic of this was weird. Is like, we're taking the most dangerous criminals right. and putting them in a supermax jail. But then we'll also like take this guy who only seemed to live like not that far away. Uh, like, we're right. gonna put you I on would the have plane. thought, I, you, ca- if, if what you're saying, Paul, appears to be that, because <clears throat> they're moving them to a brand new prison that they've yeah. built. So they're saying this prison is all of the most 
dangerous, the most deadly, the guys who have nicknames, and this guy, and this guy over here, and the guy that murdered all these people, and um, this guy too. Like, and Nicolas Cage's roommate, Nicolas Cage and his roommate are meaningless to the plane. They yeah. don't need, they're barely, but what is that prison? Is it just going to be like hundreds and hundreds of the deadliest and then Baby-O? <laughs> like, right. That's what I was just, saying. Right. Just well, him, like, that's, well, that's what didn't make well, any sense. Perfectly nice but guy. every prison, every prison needs a library. Yeah. <laughs> he I mean, was brought in I as a librarian in residence. But the other question, too, is why not just make a couple of trips? Right. Well, yeah, this one, this like, plane was making layovers. Oh, there were stops. Right. And there again, were stops. Like, and again, Nicholas was, oh, yeah, he, I'm trying to think, he, when that plane does do the layover, he wasn't even getting out there. He no. Was go, no, he wasn't. That was in Carson City That's where they loaded on Garland. He doesn't really want to go. Yeah. He doesn't want to go home. Well, but they, they so they, but he couldn't no, he leave Baby O. He can't behind. leave a man behind. That's the Ranger Creed. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Which actually, I don't know if that's the Ranger, but it, that that perfect that like weirdly uh, perfect sandstorm that's going on. When yes. they, which we don't even need to get which into. Which is great. Yeah. It goes, oh, there's a sandstorm there. Yeah. Like, perfect. Right. Well, again, landing a plane in a sandstorm seems, I would say, unadvisable. Right. Uh, and and hard for MC Ganey, who appears to have a hard time landing any other time but in a sandstorm. Right. Yep. The hardest thing. He's like. He's a very capable pilot. Yeah, but when it was in that airfield, that was a, a big mess. Uh, but uh, but I just also want to point out, this is uh, McKelty Williamson Bubba, when he gets shot, yes. right? There is a scene where he lay dying in Nicholas Cage's arms. Yep. Um, that is almost exactly the same scene that he has with Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump. <laughs> it is him literally going like, I don't think I'm going to make it. And literally, the second time in three years that he has had to die in the arms of a feeble-minded Southern man. <laughs> There's also a thing that he says in that, he goes, out of nowhere, this religious component comes into the movie in that one moment. When he's dying in Nick Cage's arms, he, oh, goes, yeah. he goes, all I can think about is that there is no God. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And then, and then Nick Cage goes, he, he stands up and he goes, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to show you that there is a God. And then he fights his way to the front of the plane like effortlessly. He gets shot. He gets shot. He doesn't flinch. It doesn't flinch. Like, Guys, it didn't even bother Do you him. know why? Because God is on his side. Correct. Because he was right. This movie proves the existence of God. Can there be any other answer? Um, I also, can we just, I want to talk about the score for a second too, which, and oh, lack yeah. of it, yeah. which was like, this, the fight scenes are not, they're like the score that you would think of like a, like a, an action fight scene, it's not that, it's kind of like this slow kind of electric guitar that yeah. seems to be... As if a person, they're like, yeah, just score it and we'll put it in later. You don't need to see the movie. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't match just at all. A noodle around on a guitar as a temp track. We'll put it in. Ooh, it's, we accidentally put the movie out. Yeah, because it, 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 it's like, it's like the, um, the way I thought of it was like, and this is, I know it's an obscure reference, but like in Lethal Weapon, in the in-between scenes when like Murtaugh and Rigger are talking, they're like, 
Clapton. Clapton. Like, Clapton. Yeah, yeah, like that yeah. Clapton stuff. But that's going on during like, bam, 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 bam. Like, it's not fitting at all. It's way too relaxed. You say that, except it fits perfectly <laughs> into what is arguably one of the greatest movies ever made. Let, let's, um, so we're going to be able to keep stars. on talking about it, but let's go out to the audience here. Uh, and the audience, I'm sure, will have some questions uh, because we need to give them some answers. And tonight, if you have a good question, you will get uh, a toy from our, our friends at Mezco Toys. Mezco Woo! Toys gave us some toys. That box is heavy, so I'm going to have to run back and get you some toys. All right. Oh, great. June is now looking at the audience. All right, and the audience is waving at June. All right, here you are. Here's a question. Who has a question? Yeah, right here. Your name, uh, a, a tagline that you would give this movie, and your question. Here we go. Uh, my name's Holly. The tagline is the greatest movie in history. That's and fucking I, right on. It is. And I actually have two comments. One, two. Um, one is, am I supposed to find Nick Cage attractive in this movie? Because there's a lot of shots that tell me I'm supposed to, but don't. June, could you hear that? I couldn't hear the last part. I'm sorry. I, could, I only heard, am I supposed to find Nick Cage attractive? That's yes. it. So, that's it. are you? Oh, that's it. What do you I think, June? I don't think so. Strong disagree. <laughs> he is the hunkiest of hunks. You know how I know? Tank top, muscles, hair. <laughs> TMH, guys. TMH. Um, okay, your second comment. My second comment is, and I'm not a physics person, but I'm fairly certain you wouldn't be able to read the message on uh, Dave Chappelle's shirt when he hit the car. <laughs> Very good point. In this movie, we, we have jumped out of a big plot point. <laughs> they dropped Dave Chappelle out of the airplane. And, uh, and, but before they he's do... Dead. He's dead already. He's dead. And, but before they do, they write in magic marker on his chest and then let him go uh, thousands of feet. Oh, no. If, he, if, th if that happened in real life, he would legitimately explode into tiny bits. <laughs> he would, like, explode like a, like a water balloon. I, I, like, saw, like, I saw someone... Boom. I was in New York City when someone jumped off the Harley Davidson Cafe, and that was maybe like... Le legitimate, like, though. <laughs> if I was at the Harley Davidson Cafe, I'd be like, I don't know why I, I'm here. I got one way out. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They were able to read... They read his lettering similarly to, like, in Die Hard, where they write on the guy's chest. But this guy dropped from... 5, I'd also like to take this opportunity to point out... All right, here we go. we got another question out here. Ma'am, your name, your slogan or tagline for the film, and your question. Okay, uh, my name is Daphne. Um, my tagline would be, Before Angry Birds, Con Air. I like it. I like that. I like it, yeah. Okay, my question is, when they introduce... Um, John Malkovich, a.k.a. Cyrus the Virus, they say he's 39 and he spent 25 years in prison, which means he would have had to gone to jail when he was 14. He, no, they said that they he said has spent 25 of them That's correct. in our prisons. So on and off, on and off, on and off, I think. Yeah, but then he would have had time off. And so what, he went to jail when he was three? For having the Arkansas I mean, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Daphne. 
Like, you say that like it's impossible, but he's the bad guy? Doi? John Malkovich would refuse to do press for this movie uh, because he did not know what his character was doing or what his character ended up doing based on what he shot. But, is that true? Yes. John Malkovich The idea that you could do an entire movie and be like, I don't know what my character was doing. I don't know what my character did. I don't know what has happened in this movie. Is when you are one of the main people in... That's amazing. He has, though, I will give him this. He has... I don't think this is up for debate. Maybe the... the, No, the greatest villain death of all time in this movie. It's a pretty good one. And it's a four-parter. It's a four-parter. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. One, by the end, he's up on a ladder. He's been handcuffed to a ladder on a moving ladder truck. Because after there are airplane chases, helicopter chases, car chases, dump truck chases... There's a fire truck chase. Correct. Uh, oh, and by the way, they get off the strip and into a very industrial yeah. facility. Gene, Which what is did like you the think James that Bond movie, too, that we did. It also had a fire truck chase, right? Yes, it did. So why, question, why not just get into the sort of car part of the fire truck? Why was he hanging off the ladder? Unclear. Yeah. I would argue because it's cooler. It is cooler, yeah. You know, like, uh, I'm the cool guy, so I'm not going to ride up front with MC Ganey. Yeah. It's the same reason he doesn't spend a lot of time in the cockpit of the plane. It's, it's like, for dorks. It's like Teen Wolf. When he's driving that van, he's yep. got to surf on the top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, when you're the cool dude, you don't ride in the cab or the cockpit. You ride either atop or in the back of whatever vehicle. But, uh, so, yeah, he did have a four-part death which then ends. Yeah, go ahead, Seth. Well, he, yeah. So he, uh, my recollection is he gets the, he's on the ladder. The ladder drives through some kind of in between casino land bridge, and he's thrown through the structure. Then he lands on somehow inexplicably uh, power wires. Yes, and he's he's fried. But then he lands, comes down off the power wires, and lands on a conveyor belt in an abandoned construction site in which all the machinery is still going. Still yes. Going. And- this is, this is within throwing distance of, of the, the strip. strip. Of the strip, correct. And then there's one of those, like, earth-flattening giant hydraulic hammers. So he slowly rolls off the conveyor, then is dumped in a pile of rocks, then looks around like, Whoa, what's, what's going on? What? And looks up, and then he gets flattened. But it is, I mean, it's truly... But the, what, the testament to this movie is, and by the way, that fire truck uh, crashes because a, an armored car... Star stalls. Oh yes, for no reason in the middle of the strip at precisely the right time. It's a testament to the logic of this movie that you're like, oh, that could happen. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. When I watched this movie again, I was like, I enjoyed this, and then I'm like, wait, what did I just watch? And none of it holds up except it all holds up. <laughs> is that your? Is that you? Seem like you're standing here. All right, who has a good question? Well, let's only take one question. You, sir, come over here. One question. One question. Yeah, come on. Here we go. Oh, you got a notebook. Good, I picked the right person. Sir, your name, your tagline for this movie, and your question. Uh, my name is Justin. Welcome, Justin. Thank you. Uh, the tagline's actually my friend's idea. It's Nicholas Uncaged. Ooh, like that. Really like that one. Awesome. That uh, works really well. I was wondering, you guys touched on it earlier. Could you argue that Steve Buscemi's character with the little girl, that little girl was actually a figment of his imagination? 
She doesn't interact with anyone I mean, I, else. I pray to God that she was. No. <laughs> well, no, because the figment wouldn't wave goodbye. She has her own shot. Yeah. I, she has a shot where she exists alone in the shot, so I, I don't think that would work. But you could also argue the filmmaking of this movie would not pay any attention to that kind of true logic. Yeah. So it's open to interpretation that this could have been a ghost. Or a figment of his magic. Yeah. But, I mean, you could argue the whole movie could be... Wow, okay, let's unravel this. The whole movie could exist in the head of an autistic kid. Which is Nicolas Cage's daughter. Correct. Which we don't Casey. know. No, absolutely. Casey. Who then gets a little bit older and, and oh no, it was a little no, boy that no, was but staying elsewhere. But Forget here's, it. But, but in jail, Nicolas Cage is trading letters with Casey. Yep. And he says, I can't wait to get home and do all the things that we love doing together again. They haven't done anything together. Wait, does he say that? Yes. Yes. And Casey, Casey is writing full-on letters. This could be a Jacob's Ladder movie. Casey's, he might get killed by the three thugs at the beginning of the movie in the rainstorm. 100% what happens. And the whole movie is the last moment of his life. Yeah. Imagining wow. the hero's journey that he might have gone on. I just want to just call out, before we move on to the next question, I just, yeah. I just want to call out that Casey at the end of the movie, there is a shot, and please go and watch this. She is terrified. Terrified. Yes. She Frightened. is terrified of Nicolas Cage. Why? Because he looks... He's covered He's in blood. He's a maniac. Yeah. He's covered in blood. He is a man. He looks like he just has killed a lot of people, which is what he's done. And he also, <laughs> like, goes to grab at her pretty... Yeah. Like, doesn't he grab at her right away, or that may be the... No, he tries to give her the bunny that he oh. fished out of the sewer. Yeah. The, yes. Sewer the bunny. The bunny went down a sewer drain. And he's like, I got this for you. Paul, yes. sorry, I'm having trouble hearing now. I think I should sign off. Bye, June. Bye. I hope this is okay. Bye. Can we talk about uh, uh, the drug dealer's uh, death scene with Cy? Oh, yeah. Remember this? There are two awesome lines in this movie I just want to acknowledge really quickly. One is, he goes, Cy! And Malkovich goes, Anara. <laughs> He yeah. says it so quick that it, it makes me feel like he's done it a lot. Like, well, that, like the drug Cyrus dealer, the Virus is like, this is my thing. When I kill people, the drug I go on in Anara. the middle of saying Cyrus. Yeah. But he only gets the first bit out. Yeah. Cy. Yeah. And Malkovich completes it with Onara. Yeah. Which and then some, throws a, a, a cigarette yeah. that ignites the, the drug dealer aflame. The other thing, and that's Sindino's death, by the way. Yeah. Sindino, the drug dealer. The other, my other favorite bit of dialogue in this whole movie is also in relation to Sindino's character. And it's a, and the most incredible line of expository dialogue. And it's spoken by Nicolas Cage. And he goes, he's saying to Cyrus, How well do you know this Sindino? I don't know him that well myself. Just what I read like how he firebombed that senator's yacht with two of his own cousins aboard. <laughs> That's the line! And it, it's so incredibly specific. Like, and we're supposed to believe this dude is hardcore because he firebombed a senator's yacht with two of his own... I want to see that movie. Yeah. And this movie... This movie was not nominated for an Academy Award for Best right. Game Plan. But That's it right. was not for nominated. Best Song. For Best Song, it was. Thank which God. Which will oh. play that video. Um, I will also say this. I feel like... 
they, there was a knowledge of all these criminals and all of them had nicknames. As a person who I feel like I'm literate to the news, I don't know that many criminals with that many nicknames. I feel like that was a lot of... Kamikalali. Uh, Kamikalali, Chem- that's all I got. The like Teflon even Robert, Robert Durst doesn't have like... Uh, Ooh, let's the come up with the one. Jinx. The is, Jinx. Should we call now it, he is. Is he called the Jinx? That's like a super Blinky. Villain. Blinky. He's Blinky. Um, all right. Your name... But your... I would like it if we gave our, our, our cultural villains more nicknames. I think that's a really good point. Like Pinball. Okay, yes. Dave Chappelle's character. Uh, your name, your uh, tagline, and your question. My name is Julie. The tagline would be con hair for the mullet, obviously. Yeah. Uh, my question is, when they show the little hangar where Sandino is hidden the plane, where he's hiding it, they zoom in on a box, they open the box, and it has onions and chicken feet in it. But nobody ever addresses it. It's like some sort oh, of weird Oh, it's because the box is a first aid kit. It's a first aid kit, and he's looking for the needle. So he's like, oh, yeah, first aid kit. He opens it, and it's and, onions and whatnot. And which I love. Feet. The but set the dresser's like, off. what can we put in here that's not, that's better than empty? Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, they just pulled out, like, some witchcraft is yeah. going on yeah, there. Uh, I fill it full of stuff for Santeria. <laughs> <laughs> that and by the way, finding that syringe, I mean that was uh I mean that was a great journey too. I mean, oh that, yeah. Uh here you go, your question. Okay, your name, your tagline, your question. Uh my name is Cole. The tagline would be what one man's mullet will do to get home. Yeah. Ooh. Uh and my not without my mullet. <laughs> Can't get home without it. Um my question is uh Buscemi's character gives like this little monologue of like, am I any more crazy than a man who works nine to five? So I guess I'm saying is that the writers is using Buscemi as like a mouthpiece to say that a man who simply sits behind a desk from nine to five is the equivalent to a Charlie Manson, Ted Bundy type killer? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's a real existential quandary that he gives to us in that moment by saying, what is real insanity? You know, the mass murderer or the office corporate drone? It's true. I think this movie gets that point across better than Fight Club did. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Better than Wanted. Clearly, we had opinions about this movie, but there are other people out there with different opinions. It's now time for Second Opinions. Okay. These are Second Opinions. I feel like we've been talking about this movie for a very long time. We haven't even... There's giant areas that we haven't even gotten into. Um, These are Second Opinions from Con Air. This review, I I hesitated reading because it pays off kind of at the end, but it's uh, called Beautiful Men All Around. (laughs) And it just says, the action is fantastic, the casting is perfect, the love is just plain cute. (laughs) Nicolas Cage has class and a great ability to show emotion. John Malkovich is just so damn cool. He plays the intelligent guy who makes everyone else feel stupid. He's scary, but laid back. John Cusack is beautiful. The way he spends the entire film looking out for Cage is really cute. All the men in this movie are hot, and they are fantastic actors. Everyone needs to see this cute film. I feel like that was written by, like, a (laughs) 13-year-old. I did think it was... Those sentiments are not wrong. It is a very cute movie. Okay, well, 
Um, here we go. This is, all right, so this addresses something that we've talked about here. Um, <laughs> okay. For all of you who say it's racist, well, fine, go ahead. I'm not going to slam you for your opinion. So don't slam me for mine when I say this is the greatest movie. <laughs> if you didn't like it, don't share it with me because there are millions of people who did like it and I'm not going to slam your favorite movie because I didn't like this. All right? This movie also is not about glamorizing criminals. Not at all. They all got caught in the end, didn't they? So what if their sociopaths are likable? They, they are not real, right? <laughs> so this reviewer successfully discerned this wasn't a documentary. Yeah. Some... Some kids might think that they are, but then again, those kids shouldn't be watching this movie. People still like computer games and Nintendo, and hey, James Bond even throws a few funny kills. So stop bad-mouthing my movie. If you don't like it, so what? Don't criticize us who did. Which is followed by <laughs> this guy. This is a great movie. Quick. <laughs> It says, quit the special effects. I think he means quite the special effects. <laughs> Anyone who thinks that this movie is racist seriously needs to wake up. I could argue the film was racist against whites because there were more white criminals than black criminals on the plane. But I don't. Wow. Signed, the Ferguson Chief of Police. <laughs> And then this one is pretty great. Uh, this one's very passionate. This movie is fiction. Again, people seem to have trouble with this. They need to assert online, I understand where this falls on the line between fiction and nonfiction. I am so tired of people who become omniscient after they've seen the movie and they claim it's so predictable. All right, in the boneyard, you have the convict's plane that's mixed in the sand, the drugs cartel's jet hidden in the hangar, Cusack has arrived, and the FBI is arriving in the distance in a cloud of dust. If I stopped the movie at that point and asked you what was going to happen next, I would have gotten a zillion different answers. <laughs> and none of them would have been right. <laughs> oh, man, I, I love statistics. <laughs> I knew Buscemi was going to slice and dice that girl in the boneyard. But guess what? It didn't happen. <laughs> For you guys who don't like action movies or violence, don't watch it. Don't rate it. I'm not going to click over to Weathering Heights and rate it low because it was a predictable love story that lacked any semblance of action. <laughs> But, I mean, there's plenty of action. Heathcliff and Kathy out in the morgues. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. So that is some five-star reviews. Oh. oh, my gosh. So those are some five stars. Um, I think when a lot of your reviews start with, people say this movie's <laughs> racist. <laughs> I think that was a very a big theme. <laughs> uh, one thing just to note... Uh, that this uh, girl is from the copy place uh, oh, from Friends. Oh, Ginny. Ginny. Uh, if you recognize her, she's uh, Cusack's number two, but doesn't really do much in the movie. She uh, disappears. Who is she? Yeah, she, she's just the girl. She's Angela Featherstone is the actress. Because I looked it up because I was like, this poor girl, 
this there is a cut of this movie somewhere where she has, I'm sure, like a, a whole, whole plot. A yeah. whole plot. Oh, but yeah. they set her it's, up as it's like her silence of the lambs where she's yeah. Jodie Foster. <laughs> she's just anyway. Yeah, yeah, she, so you might recognize her from Friends. Now, uh, Wait, who is she on Friends? From the copy place? Oh, I don't, oh, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Friends, the TV show? Yeah, and the play. Cool. cool. Um, is there anything that we didn't cover that's worthy of covering here in the last couple of minutes? I think we know very clearly what we think about the movie, but anything that we haven't talked about that's worthy of uh, mentioning? I loved when the cops find... Uh, all of the plane schematics. Oh, yeah. And yeah. all of that oh, stuff yeah. in Malkovich's um, jail cell. Yes. Because it's not just a few little things. It is a volume of stuff <laughs> hidden in a, a legitimate crawl space in a cement jail that is like... So, and he's down there. There's journals. There's well, drugs, to me, there's well, how is he getting stuff in and out of there? Because well, it looked like he had to put up a brick every time. In right, and out he of made butts. a brick out of powder, too. He yeah. made a perfect replica of the brick out of powder. But every time he would have to go in there, he'd have to make another one of those bricks. Oh, yeah. Because he, he broke it. My and question is, there appears to be a camera looking right at that spot. <laughs> because they're upstairs looking at the camera, and they're like, hey, chief, you should come down here and look at this. So... You're telling me this thing you just found has a camera that's pointing right at it and none of you dum-dums have ever looked at it and been like, what's he doing down there? He why seems he to be doing something. In front of the sink? And he's why been... does he have a trowel? How, why does he... He's been praying for a he's long time. He's doing a time. lot of mason work. And those cops got it for being nosy. He had a little thing that said, by the way, he constructed... A liquid bomb. A liquid bomb. Yeah. Yeah. In and... like an Altoids tin. That was the crazy, like, that was a lot of shit to oh, get yeah. in there. Because he's fucking awesome. <laughs> Seth, anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Uh, I still don't like this movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, I, that's not fair. That's no, not I, fair. I think it's watchable. I feel like it's watchable, but I agree with you. I don't think it's good. It's not, it's feel, not on the level of the I rock. I feel like this is where it all goes south for Nick Cage if you look at the history of Nick Cage. Because you look at him up to this point. At this point, he's just made The Rock... He's, this is right after The Rock. He's won the Academy Award for Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, right. He's proven that he's an incredible comedic actor in, in Raising Arizona. Brilliant. Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Uh, uh, Peggy Sue got married. Like, he's worked with all the best filmmakers. He's, he's on the... And if... I don't know. Like, that crazy Nick Cage, like, inexplicable, inexplicable craziness... I feel like you could trace it all back to this movie. Well, here's a fact that, worthy for the, the next show we're going to do, the day he finished this, he went to the set of Face Off. Really? He did these two movies back, literally, like, not even 12 hours passed yeah. between one to the other. And I and will I think say... it was the fueling of, let's go. Yeah, like it, yeah. It works. <laughs> This movie, I this I feel about this movie akin to how I feel about Crank or yes. Fast and Furious movies. I think this is. I just enjoyed this movie for the nonsense that it is. How many people here love the movie? And I don't think hate is the right thing, but how many people did not love the movie? The opposite. Of it. Oh, interesting. Fifty-fifty. I don't hate the movie. Yeah. I just, it didn't get me in the same way that The Rock gets me. The Rock is great. You know. Like, I feel like, and I feel Bad like. Bad Boys yeah. gets Bad me in a, a whole amazing. different. I just, I get, 
that I'm fully in. All the Fast and the Furious. You guys are all in for Michael Bay, but Simon West, you're like, mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's just something, I think there is something missing from this movie that those movies have. Like, I don't know what it is. It's maybe Michael it's Bay. Like a, yeah, maybe it's Michael Bay. Yeah, maybe. The only one who's come close to Michael, a Michael Bay experience, knock wood, it, well, first of all, I can say the Fast Furious movies. I think that has that yep. same energy. Right. And then this James Wan with his new Fast 7. I, I love those movies. Yeah, they're great. I think that this one, for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel like it all clicks. Although the cast is awesome, yep. and I would love to see a remake of it. I'm, I'm all... Of, yeah, oh. Prison Plane, please, come on. This is amazing. One interesting fact about this movie, uh, it's called Con Air, but in France, con means vagina. <laughs> <laughs> they... <laughs> They had to change that. Ladies. Um, and uh, it did not win the Academy Award. Uh, they really did destroy the Sands Hotel. And uh, Nicola, uh, John Cusack refuses to answer any questions about this movie. Something oh, uh, That's amazing, too. Um, so before we go, uh, let's just talk... Uh, Seth, you're doing the coolest shit right now, I feel like. You, you have so much cool stuff going on. Tell us a little bit of what we can look forward to. Uh, you have a brand new... You have a book out? You do everything. Uh, yeah, still writing books. Uh, the, the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies movie comes out in February, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, right now I'm busy writing the Lego Batman movie, which Amazing. comes out... Uh, and then it looks like this summer I'm going to be in New York producing Stephen King's It. Uh, Fucking cool for Nuon with the uh, with the director of True Detective, Kerry Fukunaga, directing the movie. That is going to be amazing. That's so awesome. you have the you have the best plugs that we've ever. And had Matthew on this McConaughey show. is the go- is the clown, right? <laughs> Don't make me do a version of that voice and do it. <laughs> We all float down here. <laughs> no. See, I knew it was bad before it came out, but I had to do it. Still worked. I had Still to do worked. it. Uh, was that? Did you get to work with Stephen King at all, or do? You, or no, no, I've done two Stephen King projects. I did a TV pilot that didn't go that uh, was based on one of his short stories, and now we're doing this as a two-parter, uh, uh, two movies for it. Um, but I have not yet had the pleasure. I'm, I'm hoping to, because you know I grew up worshiping the guy. Yeah. I'm kind of afraid though, because it's one of those people that you put so much stock in their opinion and yeah. in their talent. Like, if that guy turned to me and goes, "You know, you're kind of a dick," I would have to kill myself. <laughs> I also putting, feel well, like he would tell you. Yeah, he, he would seems tell to you. me to be the kind of guy who's like, "Oh no, I tell it like it is." Yeah. I, I, I don't like. I it, will. I know? will say, I, I grew up. Stephen King, I love Stephen King, but every now and then when I read those EW, like what I like, I'm like, Ugh, uh, really? I don't yeah. know all the time, but we'll see. So I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> you should be. You should never meet anyone. That no, you... I'm never going to meet anybody. Yeah. Um, all right, so Jason, what would you like to plug? Oh, boy. Well, obviously, uh, your community was getting a lot. Oh, of yeah, my com- yeah, community. Uh, um, this season is airing on Yahoo, and I was just in an episode that, uh, that came out last week, so search that out. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, Kroll Show just wrapped up. Uh, yeah. If you haven't watched that, please watch that. Just a fantastic season of, of comedy. Um, I don't know. All right, great. Uh, I'll plug... Uh, the How Did This Get Made podcast on the yeah, Earwolf that's Network. That's always good. Yeah, check that out. Check out How Did This Get Made. Uh, you can check out uh, Fresh Off the Boat, which is a show that I, uh, that I am on, which is a super funny show. 
And, uh, and I want to give a, a big thanks to everybody here that's helping us out. Nate Kylie, Avril Halley, uh, July Diaz. We have brand new How This Get Made t-shirts. They're based on No Holds Barred. Check that out. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. Good night. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay.